Why do we praise? Why do we praise? He begins Psalm 147. Hallelujah. How good it is to sing to our God, for praise is pleasant and lovely. Well, we already mentioned one reason we praise is because it's good. Sometimes we find ourselves in a place of praise because we are, we are in good spirits and good times, and so we give praise to God. Or, or maybe we're just in a point of praise because we understand that praising God is a good thing to do. And, and sometimes we find ourselves in a spot where we don't really know what to do, so I, I need to cling to something that I know is good and that I know is right. And maybe in that moment and that point of praise is just something that's like, I don't know which way is up, but here's what I know. I know God has been my source of strength through all of the things in the past. And He will be again. It is good to praise God. But something else we see, it's hard to know in the Hebrew how to read this phrase, um, how good it is to sing to our God. Um, It can either be that it is good to sing to our God, or it could just be that He is good. And so it is good to sing to our God. And, and, and it's easy for us to get, to get this mindset of God, right? It's like, why is this happening? How many people in times of hurt and in times of trial have you heard say, if God is so good, then why does such and such happen? And, and, and sometimes we use that as a cop-out, right? Sometimes we use that as a way to avoid the real issue, to avoid the things that really and truly trouble us, but at times it's a real deep question. I have only heard my dad openly question God once in my life. And that was after his mother died. Um, And he was angry. Um, I was too young to really process a whole lot of that. I saw enough of it, but as I got older and we had some conversations about it, I went through a dark, dark time. Right, so there are those moments where we just don't understand and the question really comes and it comes heavy and Satan plants this in our minds that says, if God is so good, if God is so good, why are you suffering the way you are? But we know that God is good. We know that He is good because not only has He told us that He is good, but He has shown us incessantly how good He is. And so because we know who God is, even when we don't feel like it, we offer praise. And sometimes we offer praise with a, with a catch. Almost. It's like, I really don't want to do this but I know it's the right thing to do and I know you're a good God. And I don't know how this is going to play out, but in the meantime, I'm going to kind of just go through the motions because I know this is where I'm supposed to be and I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And they call that fake it till you make it. Sometimes we got to be in fake it till you make it mode because we don't feel it. We don't feel like we're in the right place. We don't feel like we're in the right moment. I don't feel like praising God, but I know in my heart what is true. Sometimes you just have to do what is right because it's right. 
That's not only true in our relationship with God. That's true in our relationship with one another. That's true in our friendships. That's true in our marriages. It's true in our families. It's true at work. Aren't there times where you go to work and you don't feel like being at work and you don't feel like doing the right thing, but you know it's the right thing to do and you know you need that job? And so you don't have to feel it to do the right thing. Eventually we come around. I'm sure there are times in our marriage where Heather doesn't really feel like loving me. Believe it or not, there are times where I feel the same. We have moments of intense fellowship. But we know what's right. And in the end, we do what's right because of the love that we have for one another and the love that we have for God and the love that we know He has for us drives us to this point that says, I know this is going to be good for me in the long run. In some way, somehow, He is going to work this for the good in some way. Because he always has. I don't usually come to that conclusion on my own. I need someone to kick me into that conclusion usually. To come in and rattle me around and say, look, man, you can't see it right now because you're right in the middle of it. But stick to it. And I've shared that same advice with so many. It's like, you can't see it now, but I'm on the outside. And I can see the good that your perseverance is doing for the people around you. You can't see it, but God is working. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Stay with it. Now we see in verse 2 that he builds and he rebuilds. I assure you we're not going to spend this much time on every verse, okay? In case you're starting to wonder and look at your watch and do the math, we're not going to be here till tomorrow morning. But we're going to lay out this first stanza of praise and look, and then we'll look in a broad view at the rest of the psalm. Look at verse 2. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. He gathers Israel's exiled people. You see this. God is, is gathering His people. And rebuilding what was once a big and mighty power, not just in the world, but in the kingdom. And now they've been left to just a little remnant left in um, captivity. He's bringing them home and he's restoring them and the temple's being rebuilt and all of these things are being brought back to life and God is restoring his people. He builds and he rebuilds. In Matthew 16, Jesus says, Blessed are you, Peter, and in this confession I will build my church. He builds his church, but he doesn't only build the church. His whole ministry was about rebuilding people. It was about pulling people that had been exiled, that had been ostracized, that had been pushed to the fringe, and bringing them close and saying, God loves you, and he wants you, and he needs you. He builds, and he rebuilds. And he heals. If you look at verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted. And he binds up their wounds. Where do you want to go when you're hurt? I mean, do you have a go-to place? My kids always did. It wasn't daddy. (laughs) 
In fact, uh, Dylan, Dylan would frequently wipe out. And if I was around, he would stand up and he was like, all good. But as soon as he saw mama, oh man, the tears would flow. It's like, dude, you weren't crying two seconds ago. But now mama's near. Why does he come running to mom? Because mom's caring. Not that daddy's not caring. He's caring in a different way. He knew, he knew mom would love on those wounds and, 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 and hold him and let him just be a baby for a little while longer. And if he would still come running, she would still hold him like he was two years old. She wouldn't be able to carry him quite the same because his legs would be dragging the ground, but she would still try. And, and, and here you see the psalmist looking at, at, at a God who takes his people and he takes care of them and he heals them and he binds up their wounds because how rich is his love for his people. We praise because it is good. We praise because He is good. We praise because we know that this is the God who has built and continues to rebuild every time we fall, every time we are broken down, every time we are wounded and mended. He comes and He cares for those wounds. And He heals. He heals the brokenness. He heals the brokenhearted. And then the psalmist begins to describe this God that we are praising. Who is this God? And essentially for the rest of the psalm, he says, look, look up. Sometimes praising God is just as simple as looking up. I had this conversation with so many of the young men that played baseball and basketball and football for me. It's like, man, get your head up. After I told him to keep it down, you know, because when you're swinging a bat, you want to keep your head down. But, you know, when you struck out, I can't tell you how many times Dustin would strike out and he would come back to the dugout. And it was like, hey, get your head up. You don't admit defeat to the enemy. Nor to the opponent. Not really an enemy, right? It's nine-year-old baseball. It's not really an enemy. It's like, that's who you're playing against. You don't show that kind of weakness. You don't show that kind of defeat because when you're looking down, you don't see anything. I told a, I told a girl coming off the field uh, just last week, she had thrown a pitch, and this girl just hit it right at the third base, and it went right through her glove, went right through the left fielder's glove, and went to the fence. She got a home run, and the girl was in tears, and I went up to her, and I said, Jaden, quit crying, man. Any other time you play, that's an out because that girl should have caught that ball. You did exactly what you're supposed to do. You went out there and you did your job because nobody wants to come out here and see everybody walk around the bases, which is what everybody seems to want to do at that age. If they're hitting the ball, you're throwing strikes, you're doing your to keep your head up. Because when my head's down, it's just all messed up and all I see is the mess that I've made and the mess that's going on here. But when I look up what I see is I see the people that have surrounded me and when I look even further up I see the God that created me and, and all that we see looking up gets us out of our mess and gets us a new and fresh perspective that's what the psalmist writes in verse 4 he counts the stars and he gives names to all of them. Our Lord is great. He is vast in power. 
His understanding is infinite. There's no number on His understanding. The Lord helps the afflicted, but brings the wicked to the ground. And then it begins with a new call to pray. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Play the lyre to our God who covers the sky with His clouds. You see, we're still looking up, but not to the stars anymore. We're looking to the clouds and then to the rain and then from the rain to the growing grass. And the stars speak of the ongoing work of creation, but with the cycle of nature speaks of God's providence over all things. Helps us get in this mindset that God works through these things, that even the rain, which may seem like a curse today, serves a purpose. God is provident over these things. He is sovereign over all of these things. His care knows no bounds. Psalm 147.9, he provides uh, the animals with their food and the young ravens what they cry for. You remember what Jesus says in, in Luke? He says, consider the ravens. They don't worry about what they're going to eat. And if God takes care of the ravens, how much more will he care for you? Verse 10, he is not impressed by the strength of a horse and he does not value the power of a man. The Lord values those who fear him, who put their hope in his faithful love. Exalt the Lord. A third call to praise here in this psalm. Exalt the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your children within you. He endows your territory with prosperity and he satisfies you with the finest wheat. He sends his command throughout the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He throws his hailstones like crumbs. And who can withstand this cold? His cold. He sends his word and melts them. He unleashes his winds and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and judgments to Israel. He has not done this for any nation. They do not know his judgments. Hallelujah. See, there is this call that, that we be anchored in His faithful and steadfast love, that our hope lies in Him, not in whatever may come to pass in our own lives. Hallelujah. May we live with that phrase on our lips because here is what he really winds up wanting us to know that waiting on the Lord is holding him in his place and hoping in his mercy because when I can hold God in his place in my mind that helps me stay at home with where I belong in my life looking up allows me to hold and to hope in the mercy and the grace that he has given to be anchored in what he has in store for me not in whatever might transpire in this life and in this place hallelujah praise the lord Maybe you need to take your place tonight amongst the people who truly can say, Hallelujah.
who can say it is well with my soul? Who can await the day when all of those things may transpire? Because we know where we stand in God's grace. If you need to be baptized today,